Welcome to the Center Point Pentecostal Church Podcast. We hope that this podcast finds you well and that you are ready for a life-changing message from one of our outstanding and anointed ministers. If you like this podcast, please be sure to give us a follow and a five-star review on your favorite podcasting app. Now let's get to today's message. One of you being here tonight, I thank Brother Beard for allowing me this opportunity to come before you. I'm going to the book of Luke, chapter 21, 29, and 30. And he spake to them a parable. Behold, the fig tree and all the trees, when they now shoot forth, yea, see and know of your own selves that summer is nigh at hand. Lord, I ask you to be with me tonight, Lord. Let me feel your spirit. Let me feel your anointing as I minister your word, Lord, as we give a Bible lesson, a Bible study tonight, Lord, and breaking your word down so it can help us to grow in you. In Jesus' name, as you may be seated. For the next few minutes, I'd like to talk to you about it is summertime. Last Sunday night, Brother Braden was up preaching and our teeth talking, and he kind of mentioned about he don't like science and he didn't like history and he liked math. Well, when I was in school, I kind of liked science myself. I was the nerd that read my science book from cover to cover. <laughs> and when I took a test, I promise you, I knew everything on that test. It was I just enjoyed science and stuff like that. History, same thing. I'd read my book cover to cover. Now, math, I couldn't tell you what was on the second page of my math book because <laughs> I just didn't care for it. But tonight, I'm going to give you a biblical science lesson. The summertime is known as a growing season. During our summer, there's more direct sunlight on the earth. Plants depend on sunlight to grow. There are four primary factors that affect a plant's growth. That is light, water, temperature, and nutrients. These four elements affect plants' growth hormones, making a plant grow more quickly or more slowly. Changing any of these four elements can cause a plant stress, which stunts or changes its growth or improves its growth. You place a plant into a dark room, it won't be long, that plant will die. You forget to water that plant, it'll start shriveling up and die. You place a plant out in the freezing cold, very quickly you will see it just start to freeze up. And majority of your plants, you set them out in this extreme heat, they will die very quickly. 
Unless it's like out the plants in the deserts and the cactuses and stuff like that. If a plant is not placed in a proper soil where it can get its nutrients, it will die very quickly. I would like to compare these elements with our spiritual growth. The element of light. All plants require light for photosynthesis. The process within a plant that converts light, oxygen, and water into carbohydrates. Carbohydrates creates energy. So those of you that are on your low carb diets, you need your energy. Eat your carbohydrates. That's just a little. I like my carbohydrates. I like my rice and gravy. Plants require this energy to grow, bloom, and to produce seeds. Without adequate light, carbohydrates cannot be manufactured. The energy reserves are depleted, and the plants will die. How quickly we know if we don't eat a proper diet, we would die. Light helps us to grow. But I'm going to give it a spiritual reference. John chapter 8 verse 12 says, Then spake Jesus again unto them, saying, I am the light of the world. He that follows me shall not walk in darkness, but shall have the light of life. Each and every one of us that's received the gift of the Holy Ghost. We have that light in us. How much is your light shining today? For us to grow spiritually, we must follow Jesus and his light. He is the light of the world. He is not for just a few of us, but for all of mankind. Like the sun, he shines for the benefit of all, though all may not value or use his light. The fact that all do not use his light is very evident in this dark world we live in today where spiritual growth is no longer a priority in most people's lives. You think about that. How much darkness we see coming upon this world. In just the last few years, stuff that we never dreamed would ever happen, we see in it come to pass. If the Holy Ghost would be in these people, I guarantee you that we wouldn't be seeing all that. And so that light is important. And that for each and every one of us, we that light in this world. That Jesus is shining through us. So how much more should our light really be shining so that we can be a witness to these people that's in this dark world? You should let your light shine every day. Let the Lord reflect that light. The fact that light, heat, and fertility flows from his beams. If we was to blot out the sun, our earth would soon be destroyed. There would be nothing left, no plants. And we all know through science that if we wouldn't have plants, we wouldn't have oxygen. Plants is what creates the oxygen. So the whole world would just be gone if we wouldn't have that light. How much more should we shine our light? Because that darkness is coming upon us. 
And each and the more of us that can shine our light, the brighter this world could be. And so that's why it's important that we try to get everybody we can and be a witness and share this light with them so they can come with us and be a bright light in that darkness. So without Jesus, we would have no spiritual knowledge, no love for God or man, no fruitfulness, our spiritual growth, as you can see. We need God's light for our spiritual growth. Without his light, we would not grow spiritually. We would not produce fruits of the spirit. Without his light, our spiritual energy is depleted and we would die spiritually. When I was studying for this, a thought come to my mind. We look up into the heavens, we see a bunch of bright stars and stuff. We know from science that those stars are kind of like our sun. But we look up in our night sky and we see the moon. The moon has no light on it. There is no light that comes from the moon. That is just a reflection of the light from the sun. You want to know what you really look like in the world? When you're walking out in that dark world, in that darkness, you're a reflection of what God is doing in your life. So if you don't have that light in it and it's not reflecting off of you, you need to find your place to pray. You need to find your place that you can start getting that source of light to make you shine more and more. The next element is water. But who's John 4 and 14, but whosoever drinketh of the water that I shall give him shall never thirst. But the water that I shall give him shall be in him a well of water springing up into everlasting life. How much more is Holy Ghost filled people we need that living water? Plants need water for the following reasons. Seeds depend on water to germinate. Water is one of the primary signals telling a plant seed that it's time to germinate and grow. I can assure you, if you got a garden going this year, you planted that seed in the soil, and you didn't take the time to go out and water it, it ain't going to do nothing. It's going to be a dead seed in a dead ground. It takes that water. So how much more we need that spiritual water, that living water of the Holy Ghost flowing through us so that we can spiritually grow. We need his living waters to germinate us, to grow spiritually. Once the seed of the Holy Ghost has been planted in us, that comes with Bible reading, Bible studies, Bible teaching. Plants are mostly made of water. And I found this interesting when I was studying it. Their cells are 80 to 90% water. You think about that. The water fills the cells, and that's what holds the plant upright, giving them their shape and volume. We think of water as a liquid. It's liquefied. But that plant, if it don't have that water, it's not standing up. It won't be taking long, and it starts going down. How much more 
spiritually, if we're not getting that water, how quick we can start going down. Our bodies. You go out in the hot, humid Louisiana sun, middle of August, it don't take you long, your body will start dehydrating. I know. I, I fly quite a bit. I spend quite a few hours up in high altitude, so they, they tell us we have to drink at least one bottle of water every hour as much as, as, much as I stay in the air. If you don't, and probably Brother Keith, Brother Chris, he would be able to medically describe it to you, but when your body starts dehydrating, your blood starts to thicken up, your blood vessels start to constrict, your heart has to work twice as hard, just pumping, trying to pump that thick blood, just thick. And it won't be long, you'll start having headaches, you'll feel very tired and lethargic. Think about that. We get tired and weary and I walk with God. That means we're spiritually dehydrating. And God's doing everything he can to keep us going. He's pumping. He's pumping. But our blood is thickened up. Our blood vessels have constricted. We need that living water. And it's important that we go to the word of God and get that living water. Water is a main ingredient in photosynthesis, the process by which plants create their energy. That living water creates a spiritual energy in us with the light from the Son of God, a spiritual photosynthesis. Plants use water to regulate their temperature. Plants release water from their stems and leaves to cool down the plants. And some of you have probably seen, especially the crepe myrtles. Uh, we got quite a few uh, what we call weeping willows around here. If you go out in the middle of the summertime, you stand up underneath a crepe myrtle tree, you literally feel like it's raining. It's, it's sprinkling rain on you because that tree is cooling itself down so that it don't dehydrate, the leaves don't burn and stuff on it. That living water keeps our temperature balanced. He don't want us to get too cold or too hot that we over and I'm careful how I say this some people get overzealous. They think they're better than God. They think they're better than church. They don't need a church. They don't need a pastor. They overheating. We need that spiritual water to maintain our spiritual temperature. Water delivers essential nutrients to plants. Plants can only absorb the nutrients they need when the nutrients are in a liquid solution with water. And I thought about that, and the first thing that came to mind was we don't have to water down the truth, 
But it's easy to say to our pastors, preachers, can take God's word and break it down in terms that we can understand. And that's what I'm trying to do tonight, is breaking down God's word into a science lesson so that we can understand the importance of these elements in our spiritual growth for the Lord. Plant helpers depend on water. The beneficial soil organisms that help plants grow all depend on access to water for survival. Our pastor is our spiritual organism that helps us grow. It is necessary that he is also receiving his spiritual nutrients from other preachers and pastors, mentors in his life. Once again, it's important that we receive our spiritual light and water so that we can grow and become fruitful in our spiritual lives. The element of temperature. God knows our spiritual temperature. Revelations chapter 3, verse 15 says it like this. I know thy works. Thou art neither cold nor hot. I would that thou wert cold or hot. The hot conditions, some degree of warmth is necessary for a religious experience. We've all heard it in the past and we preach it. How the fire of the Holy Ghost is on us. That is heat. Heat is what's going to create that energy. And that fire of the Holy Ghost that we have in us should be creating that energy. And science has taught us that heat and motion are interchangeable. That heat is but a mode or form of motion and motion but a mode or form of heat. And I know that's kind of deep for some of you, but you think about it. We got lights in this place. There's some kind of motion going on right now somewhere in some plant that's generating the electricity, the heat that's providing these lights in here. When you get in your car and you start that car up, there's some motion going on. It's creating the heat. It's going to make it go. How much more so in our spiritual temperature, we need to create some energy, some motion to get that heat built up. If you drive a big diesel, it's got glow plugs in it. You turn those glow plugs on, let it heat up, and you start your engine up. I don't know if I want to say this or not. <laughs> but sometimes when we come to church, Sister Melissa probably can feel it. Sometimes we have to get that glow plug going. There's just no heat in here. There's just no worship. There's no praise going. And she's trying to get that glow plug heated up so we can crank that service up. That's why when we walk in them doors, we should walk in them doors with a spirit of worship, a spirit of praise, a spirit of thanksgiving, so that we don't have to use our glow plugs to start that engine, to start our worship, to start our praise. Thank you, Jesus. So it is in the moral realm. 
to start and keep up motion, right action, zealous effort, painstaking and fruitful activity, you must have heat within your soul. What are you doing to generate that heat? What are you doing to keep that fire burning in you? We all know when we first received the Holy Ghost, we was on fire. We wanted everybody to know we had received the Holy Ghost. But what are we doing today that is 40, 50 years down the road? Is that heat still burning? We need to keep that heat burning in us to keep that energy going. You need to have that spiritual temperature. The cold condition. There is, of course, in human nature, a continual tendency to cool down. Like the earth's surface during the night, our hearts are continuing to ray off heat. People don't intend to be cold and insensible to the things of God, but their mental forces run off and they grow cold. But then once coldness comes, it propagates itself and it justifies itself. When men become permanently, steadily cold, men without a spiritual thermometer, standing constantly at zero, they tend to make other people around them grow spiritually cold. Who are you keeping company with? Are they spiritually on fire? Are they talking about this one? They gossip about this one? They having the preacher for... Dinner on Sunday afternoons. Who are you keeping company with? Because it won't be long. You'll start turning cold just like them. A good example of this that I chose to use. We don't have that much cold weather down here, but I've lived up north for a little while. And we had cold, and I fly pretty regularly up north during the winter time. You take a pond. I don't know if Brother Beard's big pond has ever done this, but it don't take it long during the cold weather. You see ice starting to form. It don't take it long. That pond will be completely froze over. How much more so if you bring in that cold spirit in this church? How much more so? What are you affecting the heat in this church? You bring that cold spirit in here. Those sitting around, you're feeling that cold spirit. <laughs> you need to start generating some heat. Don't be the cold spot in this church. Don't be the cold spot that's going to freeze this church up. For that icy chill that has settled over many a heart that once throbbed kindly and truly in the church. Some of the cold men look like icebergs, but the fact is they're not icebergs. They're extinct volcanoes because once they was on fire for God, but now they're sitting there like a cold iceberg. Don't be that person. They once glowed with deep subterranean fire and a red-hot steam of energy poured out from their, down their mountainside. 
Now there's only a collection of sulfur and ashes, crusted lava, as their soul has grown cold. The lukewarm condition. Lukewarmness is a stage of cooling down. No soul stops short at this stage. The heart leaps once into fire and life, but chills gradually. His soul is like a reservoir or bath, which streams of hot and cold water coming into him. You can't tell whether it's hot or whether it's cold. They're about equally as strong. That's what a lukewarm person is doing. A lukewarm man has force, but it never moves him to any definite action. He has sympathies, but they tend to evaporate. He thinks overall he's so good. He's such a religious man on the side of Christ and of all the righteousness. Other people are overall not quite sure what side he's really on. If you've ever known somebody that's lukewarm, you know, they're here today, they're gone tomorrow, they believe this today, tomorrow they don't believe this, and what kind of company are you keeping? He knows that prayer should not be empty form, so he occasionally lifts his hands and pray, or might do a little bit of this. Or if he's not too tired or too busy, he may take time and say a little prayer and read one verse in his Bible for the day and think he's read his Bible. He has never given away on a question of principle except when he was very hard pushed or it appeared to be that there were very few people were looking on. And he regrets when he stands up for what he really believes because then he's afraid of what people are going to think. A lukewarm man generally does little Christian work, not, of course, enough to involve any sacrifice or exhaustion, nor would he take any pains to provide a substitute for occasionally or even frequently missing church. He'd always have an excuse. I just don't feel like going to church. Are you lukewarm? Are you lukewarm? Do you have to find an excuse not to go to church? The lukewarm person has made a great many vows in the matter of religion during his or her life. Too many, in fact, it would have been better to have made fewer and kept some. God does not like a lukewarm person. To the point, he put a scripture in the Bible. Revelations 3 and 16. And this is pretty strong. But this is what God thinks of a lukewarm person. So don't let yourself be that lukewarm person in this church. Revelations 3 and 16 says, So then, because thou art lukewarm, neither cold nor hot, I will spew thee out of my mouth. That's pretty strong words. And if you're sitting in church and you're being lukewarm, don't surprise, be surprised what kind of trouble and trials you're going to get yourself in because the Lord is going to spew you out. 
because he don't want that spirit in the church house. That is why we must maintain a spiritual temperature in our walk with God. I want to stay warm, hot in my walk with God. I want to stay on fire for the Holy Ghost. I want my light to shine. I want my living water to flow and allow me to be a witness in this world. <clears throat> the next element of nutrients, 1 Timothy 4 and 6. If thou put the brethren in remembrance of these things, thou shalt be a good minister of Jesus Christ, nourished up in the words of faith and of good doctrine, whereunto thou hast attained. Have you ever heard that his Bible, reading our Bible, is meant to be our spiritual food? Yet many of us frequently experience a feeling of spiritually dry, thirsty, and hungry, even after coming to church. How much of those nutrients are you really taking in? I can assure you, Brother Beard, Brother T, Brother Keith, anytime one of us gets up here and we minister in that word, we're trying to feed your soul. We're trying to help you grow spiritually. And if you're just sitting there and not even paying attention, you're going to starve to death right there on the church pew. We can even experience this feeling right after we finish reading or studying our Bible. Why is that? In our reading and studying the Bible, we might learn something new, pick up some good advice, or receive some inspiration. But it just doesn't satisfy us. That's why it's important. As you read in your Bible, you should be praying. Because the Lord can answer a lot of your questions and problems you have in life. If you're sitting there reading your Bible and praying and let the Lord speak to you through that word, I can assure you there can be some things in your life that you say, that was so easy. We just have to learn to take it to the word. Despite our studying, we still feel hungry inwardly, and we continue to feel weak. We may even feel that we're just not spiritually weak, but dead. We know, of course, that books are meant to be read. If the book is a textbook for a class, we would read it, study it, possibly commit some of it to memory. Or we might read a biography of a renowned person for inspiration and encouragement. But how are you reading your Bible? Is it a book we read simply for inspiration? Or a textbook for us to learn about God? Is it a book that instructs us how to be a good person or how to have a happy life? As Christians, we certainly should read God's word regularly and even study it. The Bible is not simply a work of literature a textbook, or a self-help book. Most of us, I don't know about you, but I grew up, I love to read. I, I get my hand on a book. I got in trouble at school because my daddy collected Louis L'Amour books. 
I'd go to school, I'd have one little more in this pocket, one little more in that pocket, because I knew I was going to finish one book during the day, because whatever that teaching was teaching about, it wasn't as important what Louis Moore would wrote about. <laughs> I enjoy reading, so much so that even when I was a teenager, I'll never forget it. I was sitting about on the right side, three or four benches back. My daddy was up preaching. I'm sitting there reading my little Lemoore. And I don't know where my daddy come from. But the next thing I know, he was standing right there over me. You can only imagine what happened after church when we got home. And I promise you, that wasn't in little Lewis Moore's book. <laughs> I probably still got bruises. <laughs> That's how much I enjoy reading. How much are you reading your Bible? How much are you really getting those spiritual nutrients that we need? We fill our life with all kind of stuff. And I'm going to step off in some deep water right now. We all have social media. How much time you spend on social media compared to what time you study in your Bible? How much time you spend on social media and your time in prayer? We all guilty. But I can assure you, there ain't one thing on that social media that's going to feed you spiritually. There's no nutrients in that. If anything, it's nothing bad. It's all bad for you. It's, it's like a sugar diabetes eating candy all day. That's, if that's all you're doing, that's what social media is doing to you. Start reading your Bible. Spend some time praying and reading your Bible and getting those spiritual nutrients that you need in your spiritual growth in the Lord. God's aim in giving his written word to us wasn't that we would learn more doctrines, ethics, or how-tos, or even that we would only be inspired. It was for us to be fed. He knew that we needed some spiritual nutrients in our lives, and so he gave us right here. All the spiritual nutrients you need is right here in this word, and you should make it just as... Easy as in the morning you get up and fix your breakfast. It should be that easy to get up and read your Bible every day. Our lives consist of many matters, but the foremost matter of our physical survival is food. I don't know about you, but I enjoy eating. I try to watch what I eat. I really do. I, I sit there and look at it the whole time I'm eating it. So... <laughs> And I know it's good. Our lives, when we've eaten in a while, when we haven't eaten in a while, it becomes very clear. Everything else is secondary. I can assure you, when my wife is hungry, she becomes hangry. And we need to stop and eat now. And it might be a corn dog at the gas station, but we need to stop and eat because she gets hangering. <laughs> Only eating food satisfies our hunger and nourishes us. Without eating, we simply cannot continue to exist. 
In the same way, foremost matter for believers to be healthy and grow in their divine growth in spiritual, is to eat that spiritual food. But what is the food for our spiritual life? God gave us his word to be our spiritual food. So even more than studying the Bible, we need to eat it. Nothing is more important to our Christian life than our being nourished without the word of God. First Peter chapter 2 and verse 2 says, As newborn babies desire the sincere milk of the word that you may grow thereby. This Brother Chris and them have a brand new baby. I can assure you that mother knows that cry when that baby's hungry. Every mother knows there's a certain cry when a baby's in pain, when they're hurting, or when they're hungry. And it don't take you long to figure that out. Because when they're hungry, they're going to let you know. How much more so are we crying out for that word? Lord, I'm hungry. I need some more of that, Lord. Yes, Lord, give me that word. Biblical knowledge can't help us, but if we spiritually famish and consequently weak and dine, God's primary concern for us is that we would be living and growing by eating the word of God as our food. Similar, what mother would insist that her child first, above all, study hard and behave well, yet never prepare a meal or food for that child to eat? On the contrary, a mother is going to know that the primary matter concerning her child's well-being is that that child eats nourishing food to be healthy. Then all other things can be taken care of in that child's life. In the same way, God's real concern for all of us, his children, is that we be living full in his life and growing in his life by eating his word. In closing today, I would like to remind everyone it is summertime, a season for growing spiritually. Are you properly maintaining the spiritual elements in your life? Do you have the proper lighting in your spiritual walk? Are you receiving that spiritual warning that you need to grow? How is your spiritual temperature? Is it hot or cold or even worse, lukewarm? Are you getting the spiritual nutrients needed for your growth? I hope I've been able to encourage someone tonight to say, show you the importance of it. our summertime and it's time to grow in your walk with God. It is in the summertime when plants grow and store energy to survive the harsh wintertime. How much more should we grow spiritually to have the energy to face trials and trying times during our winter seasons of our lives? As we all stand, I want to just go to the Lord in prayer. Lord, I need those spiritual elements in my life today, Lord. I want my light to shine. I want that living water in me, Lord. I want that temperature to be always on fire for you. I want that nutrients from the reading of your word, the preaching of your word in my life, Lord. Thank you for the summertime, Lord. You know what my bad times are. You know where my good times are, Lord. And I'm asking you to store that energy in me so I can face whatever I need to face, Lord. Thank you, Jesus, for my summertime. Thank you, Lord, for my spiritual growth in you tonight, Lord. Thank you, Jesus.
Thank you for listening to today's message. We pray that it changes and impacts your life for days to come. If you would like to connect with us further, give us a like on Facebook at facebook.com slash Centerpoint Pentecostal Church or just search Centerpoint Pentecostal Church on Facebook. If you would like to join one of our services in person, the service times and address are in the podcast description. Thank you and God bless, and we hope to see you on the next episode.